Hey guys, welcome back to the Starting Milana Podcast. This is season four, episode 16. I'm so sorry I've been MIA for two weeks. I think it was initially just going to be one week, and then then I realized, but it's Easter. So there's like a second week, and then I'm like, life is just hard. Like, I need a minute. Um, So I'm back, but I'm only back for this week and next week, and then I'm going to take the a little week break. After. Okay, you're getting too excited. I well, need a like break. finish April. <laughs> Damn, you want me to finish April so that I so that I don't start in June, so I could push June back a little bit. No, I, I just think strategy. like I think you can finish April now that like you took two weeks off. See, guys, I'm on your side, pushing her. I don't want to work anymore. No kidding. Yeah, she will. <laughs> okay, we'll see. TBD. But we're back for now. Um, the person you hear on the mic is Lena, my co-producer and friend. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you don't see her because she's in the back corner wearing MC Hammer pants and she does not want to be on camera. It's actually so. like a romper. <laughs> But it's not like a dress, so there's like pants. It's kind of, it's so comfortable. Yeah. It's like the easiest thing. It's so hot in LA. I don't know. The weather's like cold, hot. It's weird. So it's like so comfy to just throw this on. Yeah. It's, it's airy. Yeah. Airy. I don't wear a bra or underwear. Thanks for the, the visual. Ew, girls, are you going commando? <laughs> don't you? I do this. I work out with no underwear too. I, I feel like this needs do. to be a topic. You don't need, your face doesn't need to cringe like that. It's actually healthy for your vagina it's not a, to wear underwear uh, yeah i know like to sleep i mean yeah now just put that through the rest of the day <laughs> look i don't wear underwear all the time either i don't wear but, it when i work out but okay okay how because the crotch area sometimes on these leggings is super tight so like you could look like you have a camel toe or sometimes the threading or like the whatever that is in the crotch some of the some of these leggings have like this like thing in the crotch area yeah. and it like goes up could be uncomfortable yeah well a lot of the ones i have that even have they actually have like a material that kind of like acts like underwear mm. like it's, it's it's separate material than the material of the pants not all of them are like that some of them are like how you just described yeah. but i don't like for me like i don't like wearing underwear when i work out because it's like it's the same what you just described happens anyway if you're wearing like a thong or whatever the case may really be. mine don't i don't know mine i don't, don't actually i don't it know dip- what you wear because it doesn't look like you wear any yeah i wear g-strings <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I wear G-strings. That's why. It, now, if I wear, like, a regular thong that's like has a little more yeah. fabric, then, then that'll yeah. happen. But when I'm wearing, like, G-strings and, like, tight, whatever, like, mm-hmm. no, I don't have that problem. Yeah, because then it's like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I could describe what happens, but I'm not. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you sweat. <laughs> Just... You actually should change your clothes, too, very quickly, like, after you work out. But I don't sweat in my leg area. I do. Or like my back, even like your yeah. back, your back, your lower back be so wet. I sweat. Mine everywhere. does not. Mine is more like underarms and like maybe like chest area yeah, and yeah, face. Yeah. My butt sweats. Is like yeah, no, I don't have. I don't have that beef. That's why I'm able to rewear leggings. Yeah. I never rewear my tops or my sports bras, but my my leggings I rewear because I like literally don't sweat in them. What do you mean rewear? Like I don't wash them after every workout. Oh, because you wear underwear. Yes, yeah, yeah, I can't exactly. do that. Yeah, exactly. I know you can't. So <laughs> I, I know. was like, wait, rewear leggings. Yeah, exactly. I'll re- I'll rewear them yeah, like yeah, twice. Yeah. No, yeah. And Anyhow. then I'll throw them. Yeah, just yeah. a quick... Anyway, uh, welcome. We have a new episode every Monday. Uh, if you're new here, there are three segments. The first one is called BTS, where we recap my past week. The second one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on and try to offer a new or different perspective. And the third segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. So first of all, I want to say, uh, let's get into BTS. 
the tragedy that is uh, my life when I am missing my Kopari lip glossy. Now, I think several in your eyes. This is very important information. I have put so many people on this lip glossy. Tell me I haven't put people on this yeah, lip glossy. Yeah, you put me on I it. I put everyone I know on this yeah. lip glossy because... Lip glossy. Lip glossy. That's what it's called. Lip yeah, glossy. Yeah, it's just cute when you say it. Yeah, lip glossy. Uh, chapstick doesn't work, people. I hate chapstick. I don't know why people still buy it. It's like... Uh, what is the word I'm, uh, I'm looking for? Um, not fraud. It's um, it, it basically is a fraud. It, they it, they are doing they false make, marketing. Yeah, well, like they make your lips more chappy. Mm. Like you're buying chapstick, you're putting it on, you keep using it, keep using it. Your lips are more chapped, and then you keep using it, and it's like it's it's not real. It doesn't work. But this lip glossy works, and I've talked about this on my podcast before. I don't know what episode it was on or what season, but if you're new here, I really recommend it. It's Kopari lip glossy. It's the best it's thing in the like, world. It's made with like coconut oil, and mm -hmm. it, I think maybe like shea butter I could yeah be it's wrong. all it's all the things too like we said all not natural, gmo all yeah. natural vegan but so i usually have like five at a time with me in my purse in my every room, room in house. my car yeah in my <laughs> workout bag i got one like one extra one in the, like the cabinet i always have five and i don't know how i went this time not realizing that i didn't have any i haven't been myself lately that's why i sprained my ankle <laughs> oh my god i i used to just have like one and then when Milana was telling me that she has them everywhere, I was like, oh, shit. So then I put one in my workout bag. Yeah. And then I have one in my purse. I have one in my bedroom. And then I have, like, my extra. So I only keep it in those, like, three places. Yeah. I don't like leaving things in my car. I don't know me how. Me neither. Well, like, well you, when it's cold, I, I do. Yeah. But when it starts to get hot, no. Like, for example, like, Milana had, like, um, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer like, pump or yeah. uh, in her car, like, in her um, center console. So then I got one. And, of course, mine, like, the heat, like like melted the bottom of the plastic bottle and it was like leaking what yeah because it was like it's, it's i told you the weather here it gets hot so like because the plastic is melting in the heat yeah um so anyways i did this thing where like i got a new one and then i put it in like a big you know the big lysol container uh -huh. i like put it in there as like an extra layer, layer. Of, like, even if it explodes protectant so like now i have to open it to like pump That's it because so in my center console it just like i don't know what it is maybe the material it's made out of like the heat yeah, gets the in heat. it in it, yeah. and it melted it and the guy at Walgreens was like you're not supposed to keep plastic in your car I was like I'm sorry yeah like they say that about water bottles yeah no I yeah yeah I interesting but anyway so I ran out thank god for Amazon Prime I got it the next day and here we are another problem I'm having in my oh, life also I'll yes. give you guys a okay. pro makeup tip she puts it over her um lipstick I to do. make it like if she wants the lipstick to be more of like a lip gloss mm -hmm. more glossy that's what I'm doing wearing now yeah. I usually always put Kapari on top because I like lip glosses but they're too sticky for me mm -hmm. so I usually just use this when I want shine mm -hmm. yeah 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 makeup tip makeup tip thank you Lena the makeup artist book makeup by Lena no nails I, if anything i would start a nail salon in my life oh my god I love nails. hilarious I i've thought totally of it i love and i love nails everybody like i i can do my own makeup like pretty good hair yeah. i know nothing about no, which is clearly. evident yeah <laughs> it's inside joke uh, anyways but yeah i love nail art yeah, I could see, I could see yeah. you owning a nail salon. It has to be so different though, because in LA there's so that's many. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, really? Yeah. It's just like, there's so many. There's so many. It, yeah. It ha yeah, it has to be different or like something. It has to be different or has to be like something specific and unique, like a yeah. niche, so that you can yeah, you can exactly. make it a chain, like yeah. chain it out, you know, yeah. <laughs> franchise chain it out. Uh, okay, the other problem in my life is I am it's shedding. It is shedding season. I mm -hmm. have no lashes, um, and I never have any lashes anymore. I literally need an appointment every 10 days, and the struggle is fucking real. So I have lash extensions. I've had them for years. I don't even... 
want to see myself without them. I did during COVID and it was the worst experience she of my life. She kept complaining about it. And I have, I'm sorry, I have to say this. She has long, dark eyelashes and she has the nerve to complain about her. And they're like, they're, they have a curl. So like, and any lash artist, like we know a lot of lash artists, like always talk about Milana's lashes. They, she has a lot there and whatever. And I'm like, I hear her complain so much. Mine are like light and short and straight. And so I'm like, she really couldn't like doesn't need them Excuse but me, of course needs lash yeah extensions. but if they it's really bomb so like yeah wear them but she and it makes her like lash extensions even look better because she has so many and like they're dark but now i'm shedding yeah i don't know what i don't know if it's allergies but like we Spring get season. we go to the same um lash artist shout out to j ron hey, lash Michael. life she's bomb lash life, um yeah. i was literally joking with her and i'm like you have to be sick of us like we're literally here every 10 days yeah. and she's like no this is normal like i have people who come like once a week like mm-hmm. if they have like a job that's like they're on camera all the time or like an artist or actress or whatever and i was like oh okay thank god because i was like coming so often because like they're just falling out dude this upkeep is such a chore no yeah this that's why and every- not even lashes just everything like people are like oh you let like you you oh, like you have time to get your nails done yeah, or like, I hate when or like oh you're that. just getting your lashes in on a random tuesday yeah. or like no this is fucking exhausting yeah like you're driving first of all for far. an hour you're driving far then you have to lay there and no it's not like fun your eyes are burning your nails hurt while they're fucking and then they're taking the acrylic off and you're like in pain like nothing is comfortable you think laser is fun like people think this is like oh yeah what we do yeah for fun no this isn't fucking my favorite pastime i wish i didn't i wish i could just walk around with my regular nails no it's like not cute or my regular lashes like as much as lita says you think threading your eyebrows is fun i also cry every time i get my eyebrows threaded like there's a tear out of this one a tear out of that one like what else do i do that's painful well milana like is a slightly allergic to the eyelash glue oh, so that's slightly a bitch other, my eyes are yeah. shot up red Mine, that doesn't happen to me i Ugh. usually fall asleep when i'm getting my lashes done or i'm like talking if i feel talkative that day or else yeah. i'm like sleep the whole hour but it's still it's it doesn't matter what you're doing it's still something you have to do yeah it takes like three and a half hours the to drive pro- there yeah. to do it to come back i mean she lives really far from my house but she's but really even good. for me it takes a long yeah. time it's still a thing it's not like you're just constantly then you get a facial and it's painful. Like they're doing extractions, they're doing microdermabrasion. Like nothing is fun. The only thing that's fun is a massage. And even then, you're yeah sore after. You're, I, I got a deep tissue one the other day because yeah. I was like, I need like some sort of combo. Like this shit isn't this little relaxing thing isn't yeah, working. Yeah, no, yeah. And I was almost like a person that screams outside of their massage. Like I was in oh, so yeah. much pain the, when I the most the guy who does my massages now like. I was talking to him about how you really have to like breathe because like my back will be really tight. So he's like, he can tell when someone's an experienced person who's like gets massages because people will like hold their breath when he's like really. I do. I've done that many times. And now like for the last, like I would say five or six times I've like just literally would like breathe out the pain because like I need him to break up like that, that like tissue in that area or like the muscles and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I have to like breathe and I'm like thinking he thinks I'm so weird, but like you have to do it that way or else it's like unbearable. Yeah. But again, nothing is that much less, but like I mean, the massage, I love, like- I like facials, massages. Like, I, like my facials are like pretty, Whatever. I don't know. When they turn that, and they start I don't micro- do microdermabrasion. I do. Yeah, and it's why. like, this isn't like that fun. Yeah. You know, my nails take 
so long because your nails yeah, take dies. so long because i get They're like nice, nail heart but, but like yeah, honestly the so amount long. of time i like i legit don't have the patience no it really tests i have to eat before i go i'll get so hungry and like i'll get like antsy and restless it's really been like yeah i've done like i haven't done like a solid color in a long time so it, it takes a long time to do my nails so that's like i don't i can never i can never get designs on my nails because of that yeah literally the, my, the extent of my design is just like white line (laughs) and it takes like an additional five minutes yeah that's hilarious no thank you anyway so yeah like being a housewife that has to look good for her man is like kind of exhausting not saying that that's what we are but i get it like it's a lot of painful work um okay anyway what else happened i find lent lent is over okay i broke lent with this like hachapuri thing it's like this like it's different in every country so for us like for armenians hachapuri is like uh it's basically like dough and like uh, and two types of cheese and egg like you can put whatever mm. you can put meat in if you want but that's our version but I um so I had that but I broke it with like a like a Georgian version of kachapuri I think you, did you see it on my Instagram it's oh, like yeah. a it's like a piece of bread that looks like a I don't know like a canoe oh I saw that and yeah. then they like and then they melt like cheese was. in it and like mushrooms oh, and so eggs good. it's so good I mean you would have died because bread obviously but and like the cheese <laughs> yeah and the cheese you might have to you might have to risk it one time just one time I mean yeah sometimes take a pill or I something. used to remember when we went to Chicago I used to not risk it at all now I'll like risk it once in a while yeah like sometimes it's worth it like if you go to Italy you have to like yeah live your life like it's golden but it was so good that I mean I thought it was so good. good um so yeah I really like that and um I also Okay, so I'm trying to be healthy now, and I've been eating, like, pretty good. I have, like, a cheat day, like, once a day or whatever. But the once other a day? day? Yeah. The other day? Oh, it's a week. You said other, once a day. That's funny. Uh, the other week, like, like, right when I broke Lent, like, the following day, I was like, damn, I haven't had a sandwich in a while, because obviously, like, oh, yeah. bread. So I was like, I want Jersey Mike's, right? So I really hype Jersey Mike's up here. I love Jersey Mike's. I know. It's delicious. So get a number 10 Mike's way. And by the way, my sister's so stupid. I'm like, she's like, oh, I'm going to go to Jersey tuna, Mike's. right? Huh? It's, yeah, number yeah, 10 She goes to Jersey Mike's, and she's like, gets a tuna sandwich, and she comes home, whatever, she ate it, and she's like, yeah, I went to Jersey Mike's. I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. Like, did you love it? And she's like, it was whatever. I was like, no. I'm like, did you get it Mike's way? She's like, what way? Yeah, I'm like, Mike's way. Mike's and way. she's like, oh, that's what the lady was asking yeah. me back. She kept saying, I thought she was saying nice way, nice way. And I was like, are you <laughs> dumb? It's literally on the billboard. It says, I mean, on the board on top, Mike's way. I'm like, it's the only way you can get a sandwich yeah, it's there. it's really like, good. And you know, I realized recently, there's one right by my house. Um, the wheat bread is better than the white bread. Is it? It is. Um, but okay, so what, what I'm getting, the point I'm getting to is that sometimes, so I got the sandwich and I was like, I just want to eat it in my car. And I do this. I do this pretty often. I'll get a meal and I'll park in a parking lot and I'll eat it and I will just oh, people sometimes watch. Sometimes I do that. I actually really love doing that. I don't know why it's so satisfying. When I'm very hungry, I do that. If I'm like, or I haven't eaten all day and I, I need was to very eat hungry, right, yeah, right but now. I also was just kind of like, this is one of the things I can eat in the car. Like I do that with Taco Bell. Because <laughs> you're embarrassed that you're eating Taco Bell. First of all, middle finger. <laughs> um, a Pollo Loco. I have no shame in my game. I, I put people on Taco Bell. Burger? No, you don't. Mm, Popeyes. Popeyes. It gets tough because let me tell you why. Popeyes. I need to have ranch and buffalo sauce to double dip my shrimp, uh, popcorn shrimp. Mm-hmm. So like you know, it's it gets a little messy because mm-hmm. you got to put on like your middle. Yeah. What is Con- it? Console. Console. Middle console. Anyway, so that was my life. Speaking of okay, so I'm breaking Lent. Okay, I'm eating this kachapuri thing on the middle of Melrose, right? In the middle of my meal. Why is there a Postmates robot delivery driving? on the sidewalk right next to me it's literally like i'm here and it's like right next to me it's like a foot away oh. lena i freaked the fuck out it had like the brand like postmates branded all i was over like it. what is this 
and the person Mel- I was eating, huh? You're on Melrose. Yeah, this is Monday, and the person oh. I was eating with was like, "Yeah, it's a Postmates robot," and I'm like, "Postmates robot." So basically, these robots, and they, there's like, they're, they apparently they've been doing this in San Francisco for a long time. Oh wow! These robots are um like. They, there's a bunch of them and they look like kind of like um you know the ice cream like the little ice cream cart that people push like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like the like the street vendors yeah it looks like that it's yellow and it pulls up to a restaurant and as it pulls up the person like the, the person working at the restaurant comes out puts a coat in lifts the thing puts the order inside and closes it and this robot on its own goes to the person's house or apartment and you get an alert on your phone saying your delivery is here. You come outside. There's like a code. You put the code in and you get the food. Wow. It is like creepy. So my one thing with this is like then the, the people at the restaurant who are packing the to-go orders really need to make sure that they're correct because I'll always get irritated like the Postmates person should check also if like double check if the order's correct. Yeah. But this way there's no way. There's no way. Um, Wow. That's but really even now, Postmates guys like or the Postmates drivers, they oh, because they're closed because of like COVID and stuff. Yeah, they ca- like can't sealed. even check what's yeah, in there. It's sealed. Yeah, yeah. like mm. you could be ordering like vegan whatever, and you can get like a a, yeah. a, a burger. So it's really the restaurant. It's really yeah. the restaurant now. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I thought that was the creepiest thing, and I hate it. Like now we're really taking people's jobs. I mean, we've been doing yeah. it forever, but like wow, this is like next level. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because a portion of Postmates for people who love delivery, it's getting the l- delivery to your door. Some people don't even want to like, if you're in San Francisco, you don't want to go all the way down your apartment to come out and get it. Like you want someone to take it to your door. That's the whole point. Yeah. But you don't want to go anywhere. It's probably going to be offering like a less, like you pay less. It should be cheaper. It should be a hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway. What are we tipping this robot now? No, no, I know. That's so weird. Anyway. Um, Okay, so that happened, and then, oh, so Lena and I go to our workout, and uh, as we're finishing our workout, there's these two girls come in, they were so pleasant, and one of them says she listens to the podcast, so I wanted to say hi, Myra, oh, thank yeah. you for listening, that was so sweet of you to say hi, um, and... Milana put her on to her new trainer now. I did, she yeah, like, oh, I, I hope you like him, I know he's sometimes can be a little pushy with his workouts, but... <laughs> he's funny, he's motivating. No, he's great. He Tony's always has great. his, like, one-liners. Yeah. Big Booty Tuesday or something. No? Big Booty Tuesday. Finally Friday. Finally Friday. I don't know. I'm barely there on Friday. Stay, stay strong Saturday. Oh, God. I swear. Is that, I'm what, not I'm gonna, is that what I'm going to hear on Saturdays yeah. now? I forgot what, about that. Yeah. Like when you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> stay it's strong just, Saturday. It's just real pure entertainment when you're working out. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, I feel that. Um, so, hi, Myra. Thank you for listening. The last thing I want to talk about is I've been watching so much TV, I don't even like know where to start. So I'm going to just start here. I'm going to start and finish just here. I started the new season of 90 Day Fiance. I'm so mad at myself that I didn't start it when the season actually started. This is like a fucking gem of a season. Lena's snoozing, of course, um, per usual. I'm I'm not... I know that the uh, reunions are about to start. I think the season just ended. I'm only like on episode... I don't know what. But I fucking love this season. And <sighs> there's three Russian women on it. <laughs> Which Wait, is the rare. episode you showed me is from the current season. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that one lady is Russian. That one girl yeah. is Russian. Um, she's actually from Russia. The other two are from Ukraine. Mm. And honestly, like, 
you can't beat women from Russia and you can't beat the men from like the Middle East or some sort of like... <laughs> On 90 Day Fiance? Yes, like those are the two gems yeah. of that show because... That's true. The men that are from the Middle East or are like are, are Muslim and like practicing, they're like super intense and they're just like... And they, and they, and they, and they I don't want to say blame, but kind of like they what is the word i'm looking for they excuse everything they do with their religion which i'm not saying is not true for everyone but for a lot of them when you're watching the show you're kind of like in the real world or in the world like according to your religion you would not marry this woman who is now on her third marriage with tattoos and like has kids and like you know what i mean like i know so what are they excusing they're, they'll just like they'll still they're going through this 90 day process because clearly like you can tell they want a green card oh so it's yes, like yes, so, yes. so it's like so obvious not yeah. for everyone but for some of them like like the past couple of ones like i can i'm like sitting there rolling my eyes like bro like mm-hmm. we know why you're here and it's the same with some some of these women from russia and like they have a hard time hiding it because they're people from russia generally are kind of cold okay they're just like kind of could be like standoffish a little bit rude but that's just a culture and you could you're just looking at them and they're just like they're just like oh thanks for the flowers why they purple like yeah. it's just rude yeah. like and, and she said it three times purple he came with flowers to the airport like first of all be happy like some of the other people didn't bring flowers and she's like looking at the flowers purple why purple and then he's like do you like the flowers it's okay purple. they're so like under like they're so unimpressed yes, yes unimpressed underwhelming. underwhelmed like just everything is just like a problem like permanent bitch face like it is just it's hard to live in russia it's cold <laughs> but now you're in america boo the sun's shining i mean most parts anyway those are the to me those are like the best people to watch on the show because like it's just like it's they, there's no one is like kind of like for the most part fake it till you make it and this one is like fake it till you make it but also like just rude like the rudish and they're america, just real they're themselves like they're not trying and to americans put, yeah. are so nice right so yeah. like america's like hi how are you so like one of them she comes from Ukraine. She's like pretty and she's uh and her husband leaves for work or her fiance. And she's like with the mom. The mom is so nice. She's like, it's my only son. I want to have a wedding or at least a party. She's like, I don't want wedding. Like, but at least like a like a party. I said I don't want. Like, I can't imagine myself looking at my fiance's mother and telling her like something like that in that like tone, you know? Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. That's funny. They don't care. And it's just, just how they are. And I don't know. It's it's so this is a great season. You got a little bit of you got a little bit of the the man uh, from Zaid from Tunisia, mm. hilarious like fucking hilarious like half the time I'm mute you don't know what he's thinking, and then you have this these three Russian girls, so yeah nine day fiance highly recommended um and now we're gonna get into talk worthy so the first thing I want to talk about and Lena you might have more insight on this is the hijab ban in France um so I'm gonna read this from the sbs.com. I don't know if it's, what that means but. Late last month, the French Senate voted to ban the wearing of the hijab in public places for anyone under 18 years old. The provision, which is part of a wider anti-separatism bill, would also reportedly stop hijab-wearing mothers from accompanying children on school field trips and prevent the wearing of burkinis at public swimming pools. The hijab ban is not law yet. The bill needs to go back to France's lower house for final approval. So how is this? Okay, so I have questions. First of all, like, how is this doing anything for anyone? Like, what's the point of this? I feel like it's, and maybe I'm just like looking at it from one side because I'm a woman. I really just feel like it's strictly targeting like women, aside from obviously like Muslim, the, you know, Muslim religion, but women too, because 
women are the the only ones that are um wearing the the hijabs so are we what about the men so we're not targeting men first of all like muslim men but also like if you're trying to separate religion like you know and state or like you don't want you don't want that in schools you want everywhere so what are you going to do about other symbols like a cross like people can't wear across the school like why not? And if, if you don't want these women, these young women, because they're under 18 years old, wearing um, hijabs, then yes, you should not allow someone to wear the Star of David. You should not allow someone to wear a cross. You also should not allow Catholic women to wear, because Catholic women wear head coverings too, and mm-hmm. so do Jewish Orthodox women. So mm-hmm. now we're talking about like, and I don't see anything of that in any of their policies yeah. or laws. So what are we really talking about? Like we're now obviously like, this is this is there's a two-part situation here because not only are we targeting the muslim religion and the muslim community but now we're also targeting women specifically in that religion because they're the they're the ones that you see that are representing the religion because they're actually wearing something um yeah and that's easy to spot yeah, them, i, I mean, guess the best way you, i can put it yeah exactly what you said is exactly right because to me them trying to restrict women from wearing the hijab is oppression it's a form of oppression and so the way they view it i don't know why they view it this way but they view women wearing the hijab as oppression Mm. not as a choice that they're making to practice their religion or in because like you're right it is it has become a symbol the Mm -hmm. hijab has become a symbol that you are a muslim and especially in the way you wear it and there's many ways to wear it in different parts of the middle east there's not just one way to wear it and they use it as fashion as well yeah but it has become a symbol but that's not what its origin is from it is like them practicing their religion Mm -hmm. it's just in a in a way that you can see it versus maybe praying at home etc so to me what the french government is trying to do is to oppress muslim women Mm -hmm. period like what you're saying muslims and specifically muslim women i don't know what their goal is but france has had a history of doing this this is not the first time that they've put like bills up or laws into action about muslims and uh, women and the head coverings but i don't know so the only thing that i can understand i don't agree or respect it but i understand where they're coming from is maybe saying that um, children under 18 shouldn't wear the hijab because maybe, again, from their viewpoint, it is oppression and that it's not the choice of the woman. So they're saying that maybe the younger girls are being forced to wear the hijab. That's how I think they can see it. And that's been a a topic of conversation in the Muslim religion for a long time. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I grew up in Saudi Arabia, which is one of the strictest Muslim countries where they it's a lot of like cultural and traditions and it's not all followed by um, the religion itself, but um, young women do wear it. And some of the young girls are being forced to wear it Mm -hmm. by, and in other countries all across are being forced by their families and their parents to wear it. Some women choose, younger women choose to. And so that portion of it, I can understand maybe what they're trying to do in terms of like, they don't want the younger women to wear it, but that's not their, um, that's not their goal because they have ha- added these other things. Yeah. That portion I can understand from their more so like ignorant perspective. Do I think it's their right to be able to tell the people of their country what to do or to to get into like what is the business of a, an, an individual family? Yeah. That's like a bigger topic of conversation. But the banning of mothers taking their children like on, on school, school trips, like if you're on a field trip and a hijab, that's a totally different thing. That is like, that's almost like, I don't know what word I'm looking for. That's not 
it's putting the religion in such a negative light. Like it's, it's like they're warping it in such a negative light that it's like mothers can't like accompany their children. Like why? Like, like there's something wrong there. Like these women who wear the hijabs, they're dangerous or like, that's the kind of connotation it gives me. That completely doesn't make sense to me. I have no understanding. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Islamophobia. Thank you for saying that. Cause I didn't even think about that and to use that word but that's exactly what it is and then on top of that now you're restricting like women and what they can wear to like um to swim to swim to the pool to any like it's bizarre that to me like now again like it is a woman's choice like you can have like an I've talked about this a lot when it comes to this topic, but like women in America, let's say showing their bodies and wearing bikinis in a way that's oppression because you've grown up and seen that and you feel like, oh, I, this is so like the, what the culture is doing. Mm -hmm. So like women are, their bodies are being sexualized by wearing bikinis like and showing their body. And then you're saying the same thing for women who cover themselves. Like that's oppression. It's like a woman's choice at the end of the day. If she wants to cover her body Mm -hmm. and she wants to be conservative and that makes her more comfortable for whatever reason like or that's the agreement that she has with her husband if that's one of the like yeah yeah. one of the uh, cases and they've agreed and decided to do that that's and it's their culture or it's Mm -hmm. part of their religion that they feel like this is how they can practice their religion that is up to them like that is their choice at the end of the day so those two things I think are completely like ridiculous I can understand maybe the under 18 aspect of where they feel the need to come in and quote unquote here's where I don't understand it yeah I, I understand yeah. That. I understand why you would think that because of course you and go I'm to not the Saudi. yeah you, you can I see just, where I'm they're trying, trying to like see for me what I don't want the government involved yeah. in my 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 home life yeah. I don't want them in my house mm-hmm. telling me how to raise my mm-hmm. kids because then they have to ban like I said all yeah. symbols of religion then then a 16 year old cannot wear a cross into the classroom yeah. You can't because what's the difference? Like, what are we talking about here? How is either of this? They're both your worth physically putting something on, whether it's a hijab or whether it's a cross. It's the same thing to me. Yeah. And I don't want the government telling me because tomorrow what can happen is, yeah. oh, we're over, there's over, there's too many people in, in this country. Like we're overpopulated. Everyone under 18 either cannot have sex or, or has to take birth control. I don't want the government yeah. dictating yeah. what is happening in my household, period. You know, um, so that to me, I find problematic. And the other reason I find that problematic is it just starts, it has to start somewhere. Exactly. So if it starts there, mm-hmm. then they can use that. And build on and it. And build on it. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like really concerning. Yeah. I mean, they've been, that's what I said. Yeah. Been, I don't know what it is you know about why? the French because government. Because they have the most, they have the biggest Muslim population in Europe. Uh, yeah. And so for them, they don't know how, how to, to like handle, handle it. it. They yeah. don't know. Like they're just, they don't know what to do. And I don't know. And it's so sad that they feel like they're, they, they have to, to do, do something. something. Yeah. Um, because again, like you said, like Islamophobia, like they feel like it's their job to protect their, you know what I mean? State or like their country. Mm-hmm. Um, and they feel like this is the way to do it, to control this population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and very that, real. And the hijab is like, is a completely separate thing from the issues that they're really trying to address. Yeah, like that's is. a separate thing. It's almost kind of like it. I mean, it is ignorance. It's ignorance. Yeah. To address it this way and not address 
you know what I mean, terrorism in a completely different way if you feel like yeah. there are those threats coming from this specific religion in France. It's like, come on, like, do your job as a government and focus on, like, keeping your country safe and, like, having allies with other countries rather than talking about what Muslim women can and cannot wear. The, and, this like, is the most absurd thing I've heard, like, yeah, in a Yeah, I hope long it time. does not pass. That's crazy. That's crazy, and I hope it doesn't pass. I think the world yeah. would just be, like, I don't know. Anyway. So that's one thing. The second thing I want to talk about is um, Jen Shaw was arrested. Uh, Jen Shaw is a housewife on Salt Lake City. Uh, they had a booming first season. They did, it was a really, really good season. She was um, arguably the star of the show. So she has been now arrested and charged for her alleged role in a telemarketing scheme that included defrauding hundreds of people who were over the age of 55. According to NBC News, the Justice Department alleges that Shaw, 47, and her first assistant, Smith, 43, conspired to defraud older and computer illiterate people by operating multi-state telemarketing and in-person sales teams that would sell essentially non-existent services and fight consumer efforts to obtain refunds. So her career... Okay. Okay. First of all, her career was questionable the entire series. Like, if you watched it, you're like, why is she so wealthy? She's best dressed. She throws the most lavish parties that are super expensive parties. She had five assistants. It was literally like Smith, assistant one. Like, I don't know, Connie, assistant two. Like, oh she had God. like five assistants. I'm like, who needs five assistants? First of all, like, you're not... Beyonce. Beyonce. Right. <laughs> right. Um, She had an entire glam squad that she would get glammed up the day before she goes somewhere. Oh, yeah, you said So this. that she sees exactly what she'll look like so that next day she's fully prepared. It's like double the, the glam, okay, which is absurd. And her and all of this on her husband's assistant coach of a college football team salary. Doesn't make sense, but she always said she has her own uh, marketing company. That was, like, her thing. Like, I'm like, what marketing company be making this much money? Like, this is, like, wild, like. Sign me up, bro. Um, but anyway, so we, it, was, it was always very, very questionable how she had this money. It didn't add up. And um, I don't know. She went on Inst social media. She She's back home now. I guess, like, they released her after they charged her. And she said that she's innocent of these charges. They are accusations, and she will prove her innocence. Um, and she pleaded not guilty. So I don't really want to talk about, like, the entire thing. Like, if this is true, it's really, really fucked up. And, like, honestly, defrauding, like, older people is honestly the worst, like, the, like, the one of the so top sad. five worst things you can do. Like, that's fucking horrible. If it's true, allegedly. So I'm not going to talk about that because we don't really know a lot about that. What I do want to talk about is there's been a conversation going on on the internet if Bravo should be filming her and the season. So she got arrested. They were all filming, going on, like, a trip. She got a call. It was a tip, basically saying, like, the cops are raiding your house. Oh. And she asked the van to pull over and she said she had a family emergency, like her husband was sick or something. She left the filming and she went, I don't know where she went, but I guess she went home and then they arrested her or they followed her. They were tracking her phone. The cops ended up arresting her. Um, so there's a conversation if Bravo should be filming her. There's like an ethics question, or right? they were just straight up following her, like the car. Like I've heard that too. Like when the, when the cop, like. The cops are trying to get you, oh. depending on if it's, like, federal or state. Like, they'll literally, like, physically follow you. Oh, maybe. But they t yeah. they tapped her phone oh, and found wow. her location. Uh -huh. I think that's what they said. But I can see them following yeah. you, too. So the question about Bravo continuing to give her a platform is, like, an ethical question. Mm. Like, because other housewives have been arrested for things, but it was kind of, like... Maybe, like, things with the government and, like, taxes and, like, defrauding. Like, that kind of shit. It wasn't, like, people. Like, 
It's still, it's the fraud, government. But yeah, yeah, but the government is like. Oh, you mean, yeah. Yeah, like if you're doing something to the government, you're fucking around your taxes, like everyone's rolling their eyes because like no one cares. And like everyone's literally like, who cares about the government? Like they mm-hmm. have enough money. But now this is like people. Like this is like older people. This is a whole, this is a problem. So there's an ethics question about if they should keep filming her on the season and give her a platform. I think that you are innocent until proven guilty. So I think that they need to continue to film this season, which they're going to do. Like film her like. Film it. Going through the process. Whatever. So her, like, like her arrest and her, let's say she yeah. has a trial. Like yeah. Film that. Yeah. They okay. should continue to film her mm-hmm. until she's guilty. And then they have to decide what to do with that. I don't think after she's guilty, depending the extent of like allegations, I don't think that she should be on the show because it's really fucked up. There's like, there's like a level, there's like a line that you cross. And I think if this is true, I think she crossed it. But up until the point that it's true, she's saying she's innocent. She went on social media. She said, these are not true. Blah, blah, blah. You guys will see. So I don't know what's true, what's not true. I don't know if what how involved she was, if she wasn't involved. I have no idea. All I know is I think you film if until you're guilty. And then, so, yeah. It's a network. They're going to do it. They need their ratings. And this is a huge story. But I think there's a level that you cross. They filmed Teresa Judice or Judici. I was going to ask about her. I remember. But hers was two things. One, apparently her husband forged her signature. Mm-hmm. So I she got in trouble that. too. Yeah. And the second thing was it was like government related or something. Yeah. It wasn't people. Yeah. it was. I remember it was like government. Yeah. But there's an ethics question. They kicked Phaedra off of Real Housewives of Atlanta because she lied about Candy and her husband drugging someone and oh, having sex with them. Oh, they kicked her off because of that? Yes. Oh, I didn't know but that. But at the time, people were like, that's not a big deal. So she lied about, like, she made up a rumor. No, that's defamation, right? yo. But after all this T.I. and Tiny shit came out, mm-hmm. it's like, first of all, they're both in Atlanta. Yeah. Tiny, Candy, they're friends. Yeah. They were in the same musical group when they were younger. Yeah. And, like, those allegations are very serious. So, mm-hmm. like, you can't just say shit like that. Yeah, there has to be consequences. Right. So, but so this is what I'm saying. They they have a moral like yeah. compass. These yeah. people at Bravo, they do. They kicked Leanne Locken off because she was talking. She was calling Carrie Brittingham a Mexican, a this, a yeah, that. Yeah, she was being. A there liar. is. They I have all of this. Yeah. yeah. So I I think that they will do the right thing if she's proven guilty. I don't think they should give her a platform if she's guilty. Like yeah. if she goes to trial and they're like you're guilty, I think they need to just like. I mean, also she's getting paid too. For the show. Yeah. So they're like, she's making money. Yeah. Too. But they're making money off of her. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, okay, Erica Girardi, for example. after like they find out if she's guilty or not. Yeah. Like you don't like to keep her on would be like, she's making money like from the show. That's kind of Well, like, she would go to jail. Yeah. It says up to 30 years. Damn. It's really serious if it's true. That's why I'm like, I don't know. Because like, she's saying she's super innocent and she pleaded not guilty. And usually like... If something like this happens, you want to take a plea deal. Yeah. You don't want to say not guilty. She pleaded not guilty. Unless she's going to pin it on uh, other people. Yeah. That's when she really like was smart enough to like keep herself away from majority of the Mm -hmm. like actual dirty work. But if she's guilty, like this is really hiding in plain sight. This is like, Mm -hmm. this is like you're bold to get on television. Yeah. Damn. But they're filming Erica Girardi from Beverly Hills, and her husband is going through... I mean, he's like... But did she do anything? So we don't know, and I think that's going to come out of the show. She didn't do anything. This is his career, and this is him and his law firm. Like, she has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I would say that's unfair. What she knew, if she knew, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't know, and I don't know how in-depth, like, somebody would say, like, oh, by the way, I haven't paid my clients that, like, want to 
Like I can't imagine well, I mean, him talking about that. A lot of men lie about like they don't divulge exactly. that information. Exactly. This is not like Pablo Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with that. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, Kanye West's new Netflix deal. According to Billboard, a multi-part documentary featuring never-before-seen home videos and other rare footage of Kanye West is coming to Netflix in 2021 via two music video and filmmakers who have been chronicling the artist-turned-billionaire entrepreneur's life and work for more than 20 years. Um, so first of all, I did read several articles, and they're saying that the $30 million that Netflix is paying for it um, isn't an accurate figure. So mm. it could be more, it could be less. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's not, like, final... Like, it hasn't been, like, final, like, negotiated. Maybe. I mean, there's, I mean, it's already out there, so I'm assuming it's final. Mm. I can't imagine Netflix but saying it's are not the true. people are reporting it wrong? I think that maybe someone just doesn't know the number and they're estimating mm. or they heard the number mm-hmm. or they heard an initial maybe offer. Ooh, I don't know. Reporting. Yeah, it happens all the time, though. Um, 30 million doesn't seem like a lot to me for someone who's Kanye West. He's in high demand. The reason for that is, like, you know, Lena and I were talking about this the other day. Like, these comedians, they're specials. I think, like, yeah, like Jerry Seinfeld, like Amy Schumer. I mean, some of these people are getting over, like, 20 million 30 million 16 million six and this is for a one hour special so to me it doesn't seem like it's a lot but i don't know what the terms were you know i don't know if it's like a one-time episode i don't know if it's like and and he's not gonna have any he doesn't not gonna have any creative like input on it that sounds so unlike him. it sounds so <laughs> unlike him he said he's like letting them do whatever they're Maybe doing because it's it. his documentary he doesn't want to be too and like he would be seeing it from he wants people to see it from a different perspective maybe not his maybe i don't know it's just know. yeah so i'm excited but i am excited to see it because kanye is like this is gonna be good for That's netflix interesting I, I i kanye to me is just a one of a kind yeah he's like He's fascinating. Yeah. So that's that's going to be good. His and, story, him, what he's become, his like career, music. Yeah. There's a lot of like aspects to him. Yeah. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about um So, first of all, Prince Philip and um DMX both passed last week technically. Um and you know, that's really like all all I can say is like rest in peace and I hope that um their families are going to heal from it and they, you know, stay strong through this time. The thing that I want to talk about that really upset me, like super upset me, it's really close to home because it just happened to one of my family members and I um, didn't understand this because I never experienced this before and I think most people who have not experienced this won't understand it. So until I experienced it with through my family member, um, I understood what, why this is wrong and I want to share this information because I think a lot of the time people don't get it unless they're uh, put in the situation so DMX's uh, passing is unfortunate the way he passed everything that you know transpired has been has been very very difficult I'm sure um one of the things is you know he the there was like a loss of like brain function, right? Um, and I know about that because I have experienced someone close to me who who um, also had a loss of their brain function. They were in a coma and all of these things were happening. Doctors are telling you like, do you, do you want to take them off life support? 
uh, you know, when are you going to make a decision? Like, what do you want to do? Do you not want to resuscitate if they wake up? Like, all of these things are happening when um, someone loses, like, you know, brain function, there's organ failure, whatever it is. And it's a really hard decision to make for the family. It is uh, it's much harder than hearing, I, I think, it's much harder than hearing that someone passed. Now you're like, you know in the back of your mind that they're passing and you are stuck with the responsibility if they don't have a will that says like, they don't want to be on life support, if they haven't made a decision for themselves, which a lot of people haven't. Um, you are stuck as a family member to have to make that decision and you have to live with that decision for the rest of their life. You go through your life wondering like, did I, did I make the right choice? Um, could have there could there have been a miracle where this person could have woken up or regained, um, you know, uh, regained like some sort of consciousness, consciousness, like whatever it is. So that is a very hard decision to make. So with that being said, think about the place that this family is in as is. Okay, there have been two times now since he has been in, um, you know, this since he's been in the hospital that people on Twitter have started a Twitter thread like RIP DMX. There have been two times. Um, and I think it is so fucking disrespectful because you don't understand how traumatic it is for a friend or a family member to go online and see RIP DMX thinking that they passed. Not once, but twice. And even though people might know, their family members might know that he's probably not going to make it or that he's passed or whatever it is, it's still so traumatic to find out via the internet. I think it's disgusting. I think it's fucking disrespectful. We as a society have this like weird urge to be the first ones to mm -hmm. say something, to report something. Like, I don't know where this comes from. It's really the internet. Like the internet could be good in so many ways, but it's so toxic and people are just not people anymore. Like the humanity of certain situations is, is like doesn't exist anymore. It's just been fucking wiped away. How people can go on the internet and say rest in peace to someone who hasn't even passed yet and don't understand what that means is beyond me like you like kobe yeah. how many of kobe's family or friends do you think found out he died via tmz i'm, pr it's I'm pretty not sure like, vanessa found out via tmz but that's okay but so so imagine but imagine she did it. imagine the cops called it right so she found out she's she's struggling. She's not calling every aunt, uncle, cousin. Well, what you're cousin. speaking about is really like the news publications who are reporting it. Like that was the big controversy with TMZ that they didn't. The but police blogs, went to them. People, it doesn't matter. All yeah, but it starts with one person, and then when one yeah. person does it, like me and you, if I yeah. were to see it, I would think that it's fact now, and mm -hmm. now it's spreading like wildfire. Like this is a horrible game of telephone. Yeah. So the initial people who are doing it, which are like the publications and the media, are the ones that really should be held accountable because mm -hmm. that's who someone no one is gonna know and like some random on twitter is not gonna know unless they've seen any type of blog or publication and really yeah the blogs who are just like hearing tidbits here and there and then being like oh we want to report yeah. it first he died i mean that is horrible and it, the same situation happened with uh lamar odom mm -hmm. where they and like i remember this yeah so this is you're right this has happened many times and it's really unfortunate and it is disgusting because it's yeah, it is such a horrible way to find out. And it's like, can we, like, let's not mourn someone's life until they, like, have really passed. And like, people this have is, been. The second yeah, he, they found know, out he was hospital, everyone's, like, mourning. My favorite DMS. I'm like, yo, yeah, the man's not even gone yeah, yet. I, yeah, like, this was the first time. Yes, yeah, this was the first yeah, time. I yeah, I saw that. And I was like, he didn't die. Like, he's, like, in the hospital. Yeah. They're, like, trying to see what's going to happen. Like, he didn't die yet. Yeah, it's crazy. So I don't think it's okay. I just... 
Uh, someone close to me just found, you know, experienced this. Someone uh, close to them passed and everyone found out via social media. And I think it's fucking sick. Like, it's so inappropriate. And I think that we just need to be better and, like, respectful of not only the people that are um, potentially passing or passed, but their family that is still alive, that has to see what's on the internet. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say about DMX too, which I think um, is like worth talking about and honoring is like both of our pastor has posted like clips of him because I was never really exposed to his music or listened to his music. It wasn't like by choice. I just didn't really know of him as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, honestly, I want to go back and like listen to more of his music. But both of our like pastors at One Church LA, like Pastor Sarah and Pastor Ture were posted like him speaking about God and like rapping about like Jesus and God and like they were talking about um Pastor Trey's post was that he was like anointed and that like servants of God like come in different uh in different ways and speak to people and connect with people in different ways like mm-hmm. you don't have to be in a church or like in a house of worship to really like connect or speak about God so I was like I was watching more clips and I was like that's really and like even um, other people who are not like um other people like Swiss Beats and um, people that were close to him and just in the industry who knew him well have all said this and spoke about him. So mm-hmm. I just like wanted to say that like don't ever judge anyone, even whatever struggles like they go through or, you know what I mean, their life experiences that have like in terms of like the way he died, which is like horrible. And that's a completely different conversation of how you get to that place. But that like you can still be like connected to God. Yeah. and like, God has like that's anointed true. you to do something in your life and like your purpose um, and to really just look for like the light and like God and everybody. Cause yeah. it's, you can see it in him. You can see it, I yeah. don't even know much about him. And just from the few things that I saw, I was like, wow. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, guys, we're going to get to dropping gems in this week's dropping gem segment. Um, we're going to talk about why you should think maybe twice, three times, four times, five times, um, before leaving your career for a man okay and this topic was inspired by tinsley mortimer and the scott cluth engagement and then later the end of their engagement um so before i get into this topic if you guys don't know who tinsley is she is a housewife of new york or she was anyway for four seasons she left the show after their engagement he did not like her being on the show she's from new york he lived in chicago but he was always in new york for business and she would travel to chicago they broke up and got back together several times. It was on-again, off-again relationship. And I don't know, when they got back together, the terms of their engagement, I don't know if he was like, hey, if we get engaged, you have to get off the show and move to Chicago. I would think that that's what happened, but I don't know, because she quit the show in the middle of the season when she got engaged. So it's really bizarre. There are housewives who have uh, filmed in the city that they're living in. And then when they're not filming, go to wherever their significant other lives or like move or whatever. Like Cynthia does that. She lives in Atlanta and then she's in L.A., whatever, back and forth. So people do that. Um, So I just thought that was crazy. And um, I'm going to just read this to you guys, uh, the statement that was put out. According to USMagazine.com, after 14 months of engagement, Tinsley and I, he, he, this is from Scott, by the way, he put out a statement, which is hilarious to me because he's not even the famous one. So I'm like, why are you putting out the statement? I'll tell you why, because she's fucking devastated and is like in shock, okay? 
He said, after 14 months of engagement, Tinsley and I have ended our relationship and we have been living independently for the last few months. The businessman, 40 years old, said in a statement to U.S. Weekly on Thursday, March 18th. This was an incredibly difficult decision, but is one that I believe is best for us both. I will always care about Tinsley and I sincerely wish her happiness and success in all that she does in the future. He added, while I understand this news will be of interest to many. Yes. I ask for privacy and understanding during this time and as I continue to work on recovering emotionally from the end of our relationship. According to a source, she is devastated and blindsided. I know that she is. I really so you're saying like he's the one who called off the engagement. She would yeah, have like, never called off the engagement. If you like watch the show and you know oh, her, yeah, she's I been see. dying to marry this man. Okay. Oh wow. Maybe she would have never. The problem. She would have never ended this engagement. She quit the show. Okay, moves to Chicago, and when she was moving, the conversation was she's moving for love. And like, wow, that sounds very precious and like so sweet. And, you know, I don't know. It's still unclear to me. A fairy tale. If, yeah, that's how she described it. Yeah. Uh, it's unclear if he gave her the ultimatum to leave or not. Um, you know, here's the thing. I remember this one. And when, when, when she got up and moved for him and then when he ended this engagement, there's this one little nugget that my dance coach from middle school taught me. And this has stayed with me forever. I have not forgotten this thing that she told me. Um, we were in dance practice and there were girls, were teammates that would sometimes ditch practice to go hang out with their little booze or their little boyfriends and they'd lie about it. They'd be like, oh, I have a doctor's appointment or my parents are picking me up early mm -hmm. and they'd get caught like they were hanging out with their boo. So she got sick of it. She sat us all down during practice and she said to us, don't leave your dance practice for a boy because a boy will never leave his basketball practice for you. And I was Facts. like, when I was young, <laughs> I was like thinking about it, I was like, Really, really? When I got to high school, mm -hmm. college, I understood. They don't. Yeah, they don't fuck around, around yeah. and they're not going to leave a practice to go make out with and you if behind they do, the bushes. Not gonna be. <laughs> yes, but most won't. Yeah. Every athlete they I knew so would. They take it so seriously. Would never leave anything for a girl. So that stayed with me forever. They would not do that for you. So why are you doing that for them? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm not saying we're, we should be living in a world that's like tit for tat. Mm -hmm. You do this. No, but really think about it. Why won't a man leave his career or what he's doing for you, but you're so quick, almost desperate, like mm -hmm. to do it for them. Why? Um, so that, that's cut that this is the situation reminded me of this little nugget that she taught me. Cause this is really how I've been living my life since she's taught me this. Okay. Um, I believe that, you know, relationships obviously require compromise and sacrifice. I think that, I think that women tend to do it more than men though. And I think that's true. Women tend to sacrifice more than men and, um, women tend to compromise more than men, usually in relationships. Now I'm not saying that like, this is her passion. I don't know if Real Housewives of New York was her passion. What I do know is that she had just moved back. She, this show brought her back to life. She had got arrested in Florida. She used to be a socialite in New York. She was oh, huge. Wow. She ended up like starting seeing this guy moves to Florida and becomes Florida. like, Florida and becomes like a, oh. so she moves back to New York and this show brought her back to life. She became a socialite again. She, she really enjoyed it. I don't know if this is her passion. She never said it. We don't, like, no one's on the show talking, well, I love being on reality TV. It's my passion. I, we don't know. But what we do know is that it was a big part of her life. It was really the only thing she was doing. Um, and it brought her back to life. That's the best way that I can put it. So she gave up that to be with him. Now, I get the leap of faith, and I get the, sometimes you do things for love. I, I would love to be in a situation where I'm like, you know what? This is so worth it that I would sacrifice this part of my life. 
but you always have to ask yourself a few things. First of all, when you're doing this, what are you, what are you giving up, right? Are you giving up your career? Are you also as passionate about your career as you are about this relationship? And if the answer is no, then okay, I get that. But if you're somewhere in the middle and you think like, oh, well, I'm getting older or I might not meet anyone again. So like, I just have to like, this is what he wants me to do. I'm going to do it. The other thing to consider is would this person do it for you? Maybe not in the same way. Like maybe sure it's your, their career, but maybe it's other things. Would they give up a friendship you don't, you know, uh, you wouldn't want them to be a part of? Would they give up, uh, would they stand up for their family for you? Like there's things in relationships that happen where some, the other person has to sacrifice in a different way, not necessarily it's like career. There's different things. Would this person sacrifice parts of their life or compromise for you and the love that you guys have? You really have to ask yourself that because if the answer is no, then what are you doing? And the relationship is now not in balance. This is what I mean when I say that it's not tit for tat. It has to be about balance. And there has to be some sort of, you got to be on an equal playing field. One person can't be giving more and the other person is taking. You have to be about balance. And if that's not happening, then you're probably not in the right relationship. The other thing to consider is why are they asking you to give it up? Now, if it's a long distance issue and like you have to move, someone has to move, I understand that. But if it's not a long distance issue and they're asking you to give up your career, why are they asking you that? Because if you're passionate about something, then that person should be supporting you. If they are saying that they're the love of your life, they're your significant other, they should be supporting you through your dreams. They should be supporting your dreams. And if they're not, that to me is a red flag. So sit down and really ask yourself, what is the reason that they're asking me to give this up? And again, like I said, the long distance thing, I get. Like if you're, you're moving to another state, you're moving together to a different state, I understand that. But if that's not the case, please ask yourself, what is the reason behind this? Um, and then I would also think about like, is this job a once in a lifetime opportunity? I think that's a really big deal because a lot of the times we see as love being like a once in a lifetime like thing. Like this is like once in a lifetime kind of love. Like I have to, I have to like take my chances. But do we look at, the jobs or the careers that you have. Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm going to give this up for what? Are you giving it up for a once-in-a-lifetime type of love or are you giving it up for a current relationship that's going well? So that's also very important to think about. Um, imagine yourself without that career. How do you see yourself if you give it up? And then imagine yourself without that person in your life. Like, how do you see yourself in your life? And then figure out which one you kind of could do without, you know? Um, I hope that people don't have to choose. Like, I, I think it's one of the worst things to be put in a situation where you have to pick. But, yeah, those are just my thoughts. Yeah, poor think... Tinsley. Huh? Poor Tinsley. Uh, I wouldn't say poor Tinsley. No, like, really. She's, like, a hopeless romantic, and she's, like, really getting older, and she's, like, frozen her eggs. Yes. She's really trying, and she really tried, well, and it's just, like... When you were talking, the one thing I want to touch upon is you were saying, like, why do women, like, make more sacrifices or compromises than men in, like, relationships is because the way, like in my opinion, society has kind of dictated that like mm -hmm. one of a woman's aspiration is to be married and have kids. Yeah. Like what your, your wants and desires of course are your own thing mm -hmm. is different than what society wants for you. So if that is like truly and honestly, like how you see your life, I totally understand that. But at the same time, like society has kind of programmed women that there is something wrong with them if they don't pursue uh, marriage or having children. So I think yeah. that's why women are so like, fixated on like their relationships and are like willing to give up 
maybe their family or friends or work for a relationship because it's like this is a goal like of women and this is the identity of a woman Mm -hmm. and that's not the case for everybody like if she's a hopeless romantic then she's a hopeless romantic and she hopefully she doesn't regret her decision it's like a learning experience for her but I do think that that there's a lot of pressure from like society Mm -hmm. and I'm sure like family like placed on women to get married and have kids and all that and some women don't want to yeah Um, and that's a wrap on this episode thank you guys so much for listening Uh, we'll be back next week not sure about the week after that TBD Um, if you are listening on the podcast audio apps make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review and if you're watching on YouTube give this video a thumbs up leave a comment uh, subscribe of course and follow me at Starring Milana follow Lena at Lena Noir Dean our production company at Noir Notebook if you need a podcast give us a call we're good at this sometimes um, yeah thank you guys so much for listening and have an amazing week <laughs>